Will you pray with me, please? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our, our Savior, our Redeemer, and our Rock. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and uh, from the Lord Jesus Christ. Naperville Covenant Church, this is a new season of life for you. A new chapter of your story is beginning to be written. As there is a close, uh, I know with great thanksgiving for uh, the 14 years of ministry of Pastor Diana and the nine years of ministry of, of Pastor Scott, as uh, they over those years have uh, faithfully served you. And as the expression goes, one door is closing and another is opening as uh, you have called uh, Pastor Leslie uh, to be your new lead pastor. And now you're waiting for him to come sometime at the end of the summer or uh, 1st of September. It's probably with uh, both a sense of sadness and thanksgiving that you are beginning to write this new chapter of the story of Naperville Covenant Church. And it's on this day, Pentecost Sunday, on the birthday of the church, that this new chapter is beginning to be written. With all the feelings that you may have of wondering and perhaps some anxiousness as individuals and as a church for what has been and is no longer and for what it now is in this interim period and what is yet to come. Might you agree with me that Pentecost can be or is a day in which to let go and move forward, believing that it is God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who has been present with you during this past year as it unfolded and is now present, guiding you and fulfilling God's purpose in you? Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, and today, is a day of witnessing God's new beginnings, a day of seeing how the Spirit of God does move, bringing life into his church. Christina Rossetti, a 19th century uh, poet, asked this question, who has seen the wind? And then in that poem, she responds, Neither I or you, but when the leaves hang trembling, the wind is passing through. Who has seen the wind? Neither I or you, but when the leaves bow their heads, the wind is passing. The second time she uses the word wind, it's with a capital W, indicating that it is something more than the movement of air. That's what the disciples experienced 2,000 years ago. Something more than the movement of air when they felt that violent wind, that rushing wind, enter the room where they were staying. That wind, that wind was the movement, the stirring, the swirling of the Holy Spirit of God in the midst of his people. Who of us does not give our attention to the wind? 
Children love wind, especially in March or spring when they can fly kites. People who own sailboats love wind because that's what moves them. Golfers, on the other hand, don't like windy days because that may move the ball in a direction it doesn't want to go or they don't want it to go. Driving through some parts of our country, we see wind farms, giant windmills harnessing the wind for electric energy. And this spring, as in all springs, uh, the Midwest part of our country knows the wind of tornadoes, and we take shelter. Judy and I lived in uh, South Florida for 12 years, and we went through three hurricanes. You don't want to do that, because that's pretty powerful stuff. Wind. It's a common experience of all of us in some way or other. Yet? It's also a bit mysterious. We don't see it. However, we feel its effects. We can tell the direction from which it's coming, but how many of us know how it comes? Tom Skillings and other meteorologists uh, can tell us that wind is caused by temperature change and the rotation of the earth, uh, and that's helpful to know. But when a windy day is predicted, there is nothing we can do except wait. And if it's a strong blowing wind, we need to be ready. We need to make preparations to be ready. So spiritually speaking, are we ready for the wind of God? Are we like children with kites or sailboat owners or golfers as interested in the wind of God as they are in the movement of air? Jesus told his followers to get ready for the power of the wind, capital W wind, that would come upon them. The power of the Holy Spirit that would move them to do mighty things in his name. The power of the Holy Spirit is like that power of the wind. Perhaps that's why biblical writers used wind as a word to describe that power of God because we know from human experience that wind is powerful. That wind moves things. That wind changes things. And the Bible speaks about God moving in the world, in the lives of people. The word spirit, capital S, in the Old Testament is ruah, which translates breath, wind, or spirit. In the New Testament, the word is pneuma, from which we get pneumatic. And it has the same meaning. It can be translated wind, spirit, or breath. In Genesis 1, the Ruah of God, the Spirit of God, moved over the waters and created the earth. The same Ruah breathed into Adam the breath of life and became a living being. In John 3, Jesus spoke of uh, the Spirit of God, the pneuma of God, the breath of God, as that which causes people to be born from above, to be born again, to be revitalized with spiritual life. Throughout the Bible, the image of wind is used to describe the creating, renewing, revitalizing activity of God's Spirit.
In Acts chapter 2, we read of this wind, this power from heaven, this power of God's Spirit coming upon followers of Jesus at Pentecost. And they are moved. It's hard to stand still when the wind is blowing hard, like it was back then. They were moved to go out into the streets where people had gathered from all over the known world, hearing the disciples speak to them in their native tongues. They were not only moved, they were changed. As I said, wind changes something about us. At least it messes our hair if it's light, or maybe more if it's blowing harder. But the disciples were changed from people who were sheltered in that upper room to people who boldly went out into the streets to proclaim the name of Jesus. Yes, they had seen the resurrected Jesus. They had been with the resurrected Jesus, but they were still living in some fear. Some fear of the religious leaders thinking, well, they put Jesus to death, why not us? So they were still a little timid. But when the Spirit of God came upon them, they became bold. They were changed. They received the power that Jesus had early promised. And more than that, they were revitalized. Wind wakes you up and causes you to notice where you are. The Spirit woke them up from their spiritual drowsiness to become aware that God was present and that God was active in their lives. God had sent the wind, His Spirit, that moved them out of their fear, out of their anxiety, into a world that needed to hear the good news of the renewing, rebirthing, revitalizing power of God. What was true of the followers of Jesus then is still true of us today. It's still true of you and I. Over the years as pastor, after worship, I would hear comments like this. Worship this morning really moved me. Uh, pastor, that was a moving sermon this morning. I'm not, I'm not looking for accolades here, no, no. Uh, but I've heard this. The music was powerfully moving this morning. You know what? It's not so much the words or the music that does that. It's the Spirit of God using the words and the music that does that in our lives. It's the Spirit of God touching our hearts and our minds. The question, I believe, is always, does the Spirit of God move us emotionally or does the Spirit of God move us to act and live in a new way? There was a football coach by the name of Lou Little. He was the head football coach of Columbia University in New York City from 1930 to 1955. And he tells the story of a young freshman college who came and wanted to play on the football team. However, he had no experience. He had never played football at all in his life, didn't play in high school or even earlier than that. He had no abilities, no knowledge, or he had some knowledge of the game, but he had no abilities, no skills that the coach was looking for. And, and the coach found that he had no place on the team for this young would-be football player. 
So he told him, he said, I'm sorry, uh, there's no place for you. But he was insistent. And he said, let me just stay. Let me practice with the team. I will be here every practice if you just let me practice with the team. Coach Little agreed. And he was there for every practice. And he sat on the bench for every game. And he never got in the game at all. From time to time, the coach would see this young man leave after practice with an older woman, walking with her arm in his. And finally, the curiosity of the coach got the better of him, and he went to this young man and he said, uh, who is this woman who meets you and after practice and, and you walk home together, or you walk together? And he said, Coach, it's my mother, and she is blind. So she takes my arm, and we walk, and we have a conversation. And, and in that conversation, we also talk about football. That went on for four years. Never got in the game. During the last season, the young man's mother died, and he was asked to be excused from practice that week. But when he came back, the coach asked him, is there anything that I can do for you? And immediately said, coach, I need to be in the game on Saturday. Well, that kind of stunned the coach. He hadn't been in any game, and, and uh, he was reluctant to put him in the game. But he had realized what he had been going through with the death of his mother, and he thought, okay, I'll let you play. But I'm going to put you on the defensive team. Coach thinking, he can't get into any trouble there. On the first offensive play, he tackled the ball carrier behind the line of scrimmage. On the second play, he intercepted a pass. On the third play, he sacked the quarterback. And the coach decided to let him play the whole game. And he played the whole game with the same enthusiasm, putting himself in the game. After the game, the coach asked him where he got the energy and the ability to play like that. And this was his response. Coach, you know that my mother died and that she was blind. Getting out on the field today, this was my thought. This is the first time my mother will see me play football from heaven. God is watching over us from heaven, individually and as a church. And even more than that, God has sent from heaven His Holy Spirit to be with us, to live in us, to comfort us in times of sadness and calm our hearts when we are anxious, empowering us to move forward when we may wonder if we can affirming us in our God-given abilities to use those abilities like that young man did on the football field to live our daily lives as followers of Jesus. Going back to Christina Rossetti's question and response, who has seen the wind, capital W? Neither you or I, 
But when the leaves hang trembling, the wind, capital W, is passing through. I've only been with you for a week and met a few of you. I've been at a couple functions and quite a few meetings. And in this brief time that I've been with you, I have witnessed how the wind, how the Holy Spirit is present and active at Naperville Covenant Church. Some of you were here Wednesday night uh, when uh, Lena Bryan uh, was rushed off to the hospital. I went and visited with her, and then I visited with her the following day as well, and I was asking her how she's doing, and she said, I'm doing fine. I said, really? How, 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 how do you say that? She said, because I belong to a caring church. A caring church. That's the movement of the Spirit. Another movement of the Spirit is discerning your future. As last week, uh, you called Pastor Leslie as your new pastor. And then uh, Wednesday night, uh, I was glad I was there as you celebrated Pastor Diana. And, and hearing the stories of how the Spirit, through her, has enriched the lives of people in this church. And not only through the, her responding to the Spirit, but also how the Spirit worked through and with Pastor Scott over the last nine years. How you as a church have grown in love for Jesus and the work of his kingdom. Speaking with a few of you this past week, I sensed an aliveness of the Holy Spirit that is much more, much more than an emotional response. But a way of life that is vital, refreshing, renewing, and creative from paying attention to the presence and the movement of the Holy Spirit. As you're in this time of transition, this time of continuing to rely upon the presence and the power and the movement of the Holy Spirit, I want to close with a, a personal illustration of a time when I was in a transition period, my wife and I were, and that was when I was getting ready to retire. Now, whoa, what does that mean? Where, where are we going to be living? I got a story about that, which I won't tell you today. Uh, what and how will ministry, if any ministry, looks like? And uh, for a couple months, I was working through those kind of questions with my spiritual director. And I was hearing nothing from God. Not a word, not even a whisper. And after uh, one of those sessions with my spiritual director, this is when we were living in Florida, I was driving home on somewhat of a rural road, a two-lane road. Speed limit was 35 miles an hour. And coming toward me was a car flashing its headlights. Now, to me, that means be careful, police up ahead. They're going to give you a ticket if you're going too fast. So I slowed down. Even though I was going the speed limit, I slowed down. Just wanted to be careful. And as I came around, a little bit of a curve in the road, there was no speed trap. However, 
there were four sandhill cranes crossing the road. And I had to sit there several minutes as they just slowly walked across the road. There was an adult in the back, in the front, and there was an adult in the back. And in the middle of the single file of sandhill cranes were two young cranes. I sat there as they slowly walked across in front of me. I was the only car on the road. And when that adult crane at the end of that single file stepped off the pavement onto a grassy area, this is what I heard. That is what I am doing with you. I am ahead of you to guide you, and I am behind you to guard you. And whether that was a literal voice or not, I don't know. But I heard those words. And I will tell you, those were not my words because I could have never said that to myself in the state in which I was in. Not Florida, but confusion. (laughs) At that point, and every time I think of that story, I knew then and I know now that it was God looking down on me with His Spirit, His power from heaven, knowing my feelings, my wonderings, my questions, and that it was God's voice of the Holy Spirit that spoke to me. I would like you to know that this is what God would want to be saying to you that by the presence and the power of His Holy Spirit, He is saying to you in this time of transition, I am going before you to guide you, and I am behind you to guard you. Do you hear the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing? It's Pentecost. The wind is blowing. The wind of God is still blowing today. Let us pray. O breath of life, come sweeping through us. Revive us with life and power and fit your church for this hour. O holy wind of God, come bend us so we humbly know our need of you. O breath of love, come breathe within us, renewing us in thought and heart and will. Lord, the words of this hymn are especially good for the season of transition. These are different days for the church, months of waiting for a new fall season. Yet they are also months of being the church with and for each other here in the neighborhood community. Glancing back, there is thankfulness for what has been years of faithful pastoral leadership by Pastor Scott and Pastor Diana. And it's hard to think of them no longer being a part of this community of faith. So, Lord, in the sadness that may be held, I pray for your comforting spirit. Lord, as change is here, I pray for what the future will be, a future that is known by you, a future for which you have an unfolding plan that will continue to give life 
encouragement and promises fulfilled of your continued faithfulness. In this transition time, help us all to keep our eyes on you and continue to give us your spirit of wisdom and grace. Help us individually and together be ready to let the wind of your spirit have freedom to blow when and where and how you want us to experience your presence and power. Lord, each of us have particular needs for the touch of your spirit. All of us for the forgiveness of your sins, for falling, our sins for falling short of your glory. Some of us for healing of wounded spirits. Some of us for healing of physical pain and illness. And we especially pray for Lena and her prayer requests of strength for today and hope for tomorrow. For Sandy Hill and her cherished friend Ray and for Kathy McKenzie that each will know the peace of your presence and the power of your life-giving touch. We lift up Judy Voss, preparing for a move to a new home in a few weeks, for that to be a good and safe move for her family. On the first Pentecost, people from different nations and tongues heard the good news of Jesus in their own language. We pray for the same today that is good news will be heard in people's languages around the world. And to that end, we pray for the witness of missionaries and all who, believe, and all who are believers to be clear and fruitful in their witness. We pay, pray particularly for Martine and Luisa Bonilla, now home in Nicaragua, as they share the good news of Jesus in their ministry. And we pray for meeting their need of a car to help them personally, and their work. We pray for our own mission team who are witnessing this week in Kansas City for Barry and Donna, Heather, Gwyn, Danya, Christina, Emily, and Annalise. We ask you, Lord, to keep them safe and, and well and give them strength for body, soul, mind, and spirit in fulfilling their mission this week. And Lord, we're celebrating with uh, Alex and Pam uh, Boyanatas as uh, they have become grandparents with uh, twins born yesterday, seven weeks early. But Lord, uh, we pray for them. We thank you that uh, their love as grandparents is there. And we pray for these young children that you would protect them and uh, help them to grow strong. We remember this week, D-Day, and those who gave themselves for world peace 75 years ago. This is still, there is still ongoing rest in, in your world, which must grieve you. So we pray for your spirit of gentleness, the gentle hearts of people toward one another, for your spirit of peace to bring peace to troubled places on this planet, and for all those in positions of national leadership to have wisdom in guiding their countries internally and in relationship to the global community. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have shared with each other this morning. And in this time of worship, as we leave from here this morning and go out into our lives of responsibility this coming week, may we be open to and receptive of your spirit guiding us in body, soul, mind, and spirit to do your will in thought, word, and deed.
This I pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.